To the other kids at St. Bernard Academy, they were the girls who didn't belong. Whatever you do, stay away from them. Why? They're witches. But after years of being on the outside... Why'd you lie about me? I don't want to go out with you again. Please, stop begging. It's pathetic. Four girls are about to discover the dark side. You ever heard of invoking the spirit? Black magic. We can make things happen. I mean, this is it. This is real. Columbia Pictures welcomes you to the witching hour. PCP, and if you can coat that in some meth, that'd be great. Welcome to Recap and Gown, the podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of 04's own, Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not much, man. Uh, it's been a long week. Uh, switched to a new kind of detergent. My oh. laundry smells different. It's actually pretty good. Was there I forgot what it was called, though. Is it working, or what, what's the situation? I went, actually went to the CVS where I get stuff like that, and they didn't have Tide. They were all out of Tide. No Tide. So I was like, what do you have? And they're like, big yellow jug with OxyClean. I'm like, I don't remember what the name of the brand was. Uh, big but yellow jug. It's got a nice tro- tropical smell in it. So I just took a big whiff. I'm like, ah, oh. it's like I'm in the islands. This is fantastic. Right near the beach, boy. boy. Well, now that we've taken that detour. Uh, also joining us in the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas two-step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan? Hey, guys. Um... Listeners, you can't see this, but I'm very festively dressed today as a unicorn. Um, I even have glitter on my eyes. It's the first time oh I think God. I've done my makeup since March 13th, <laughs> the last day that I was in the office. Um, but yeah, yeah, great. And I'm drinking a live Oak Oktoberfest beer. Um, to get to really lean into the um, spooktacular theme that's happening this month. So yeah, week one of our first inaugural spooktacular. It's also uh, your birthday month. So happy birthday in like 30 days. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we're in the home stretch. Yeah. <laughs> um, la- last comment and then I'll let you introduce the rest of the people. 
Um, I did look at my horse, my birthday month horoscope this morning um, on Cosmo, and it told me that it's time to rewatch the craft. Oh my God. I mean, that hmm. could not be more appropriate. That's a little bit spooky at this point. I'm a little uh, bit. Oddly specific. Yeah. yeah that's, I'm a little bit creeped up, but I got legitimate goosebumps. Uh, <laughs> rounding out the two step, this podcast chief zombies and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Uh, not much. Um, listeners, you can't see it, but I am recording in my pajamas the way I always do. So <laughs> I'm taking. Really lied. I know. <laughs> I'm taking the opposite approach. I keep it comfy. This is late for me. It's all of eight twenty-seven, and it's very close to my bedtime. So um, right. we appreciate you staying up for this. Yeah, keeping it real. Keeping it one hundred. This the spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys, we have a special guest this week. She is one of my all-time favorite people, uh, despite the fact that she went to our rival high school, Bonzi Valley. Uh, her Hawkeye fandom rivals my own, and she was with me and Dave in Indianapolis for the Big Ten title game when the city of Indianapolis ran out of beer. They did. Didn't know uh, Iowa fans are straight-up animals. It was I like drank like a quarter of it. It was, it was a real fun game. It wasn't it was even good. dark yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, Sorry, guys, we are as a city out of beer. But representing the class of 01, I call her for the podcast itself, Above the Rim, Kim Duncan. What up, Kim? <laughs> I like that, Kirk. A friend of mine at Iowa actually used to call me Slam Duncan. So this all, this all fits together. Um, yeah. And I'm also dressed for the occasion. Um, I figured, you know, craft October 90s. So I'm wearing like, a choker, a leather jacket. It's got some like occult witchy pins on it, a dark lip. I'm like prepared, ready to talk about uh, the craft and, um, you know, go, go Warriors, go Abanzi. Oh, that's <laughs> when no one asked for any of that. Uh, <laughs> I had to throw that in. I had to. You How about them wildcats? Now, we've already given it away. Uh, this week, we're talking about The Craft from 1996. Um, it is available to stream on Redbox, Fandango, uh, Amazon Prime, Vudu, Apple TV, Google Play. It's basically everywhere. So it was on Showtime until today. Yeah, fuck Showtime. Time. Fuck. I was going to rewatch it again to get a little more insight, try to develop some more ideas. But yeah, fuck Showtime. Yeah, who would take off the craft for the month of October? For the month of October, yeah, exactly. And we all have our own personal gripes. Um, The synopsis via Rotten Tomatoes is actually pretty good until the last sentence kind of goes awry, but uh, after transferring to a Los Angeles high school, Sarah finds that her telekinetic gift appeals to a group of three wannabe witches who happen to be seeking a fourth member for their rituals. Bonnie, Rochelle, and Nancy, like Sarah herself, all have troubled backgrounds, which combined with their nascent powers leads to dangerous consequences. When a minor spell causes a fellow student to lose her hair, the girls grow power mad. That okay. last sentence completely mm-hmm. unnecessary. You yeah. were fine before that. Yeah. You, and frankly, it. the hair loss didn't do it. The fact that you know Nancy can walk on water, I think, is what made them power mad. I think that was kind of what did it. But um, Megan, if you don't mind, Give us a quick rundown of who is in this movie. All right. I have a feeling I'm, there's going to be a few bumps and stumbles in the road here. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I'll do my best. Um, so you have Robin Tooney, who plays Sarah Bailey, uh, mm-hmm. our, our main character. 
Feruza Balk. Nailed it. <clears throat> oh, plays Nan <throat> Nancy Downs. Uh, Nev Campbell plays Bonnie Harper. Rachel True plays Rochelle Zimmerman. She also played Mary Jane in Half Baked. She sure did. Remember that? She was Mary fantastic. Jane. Was it Mary Pot Jane Potman? Yeah, I was it's like, I looked it up. It's I was Potman. like, no, that's real, that's real clever, Dave Chappelle. Of course it is. Brennan. What's going mm -hmm. on? Uh, you have a baby, Skeet Ulrich, as Chris Hooker. Um, so young. So young looking. Uh, Cliff DeYoung as Mr. Bailey. Christine Taylor as Laura Lizzie. Hey, dude. Mm -hmm. um, another, yeah. Mm -hmm. Another appearance by Breckenmeyer as Mitt. Uh, Nathaniel Marston as Trey. Um, Helen Shaver plays Grace Downs. Assumpta Serna? Sure. Perfect. Great. Uh, <laughs> plays, what, I don't even know how to say that name. Lirio? There yeah. are a couple like, like character person. names here that I've never heard before. And I've Correct. seen this movie many a time. I have no idea who. I have no idea who Leo Rio is. She, she owns she the, runs witchery. the witchery store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do they say her name? I don't no. think so. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, I think that's that's enough. Unless anyone <laughs> calls out anyone great. I missed. That's plenty. That's that's good. Um. Let's quick go around the horn and give some memories of the first time we saw this movie. Um, Dana, what is your prior experience with the craft? Um, I don't know if I can say I remember the first time, but I definitely remember like watching this a lot in high school. Um, I very much enjoy it. Still enjoyed it. Oh, no, I'll hang into the other part. But no, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's a great movie. Um, the one song that's the, the Smith covers uh, of how soon is now just plays mm -hmm. it's the only thing i think of when i when i think of this movie and yeah it's good i i, I dug it i enjoyed it's it fully reasonable uh big sis what are your memories of this movie uh, you know what i don't think i have watched it before this moment in time really what? like i remember seeing like like clips or bits and pieces like I, I'm sure I have um, but I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through I'm a little bit surprised by that I think I mean knowing the girls you hung out with in high school I don't really know any of them that would have like gravitated towards this but um yeah well I mean Monica had that one streak of white hair that was kind of witchy but aside from that eh, wasn't really the, the best fit for your friend group I don't think uh Dave how about you Weird. I would see random parts and be like, I've seen this before, but I cannot pinpoint when. I, I tried to think back, like, was this shown on like on TNT randomly? Maybe I caught it start because I remembered the part when uh, the lady from Hey Dude's hair started falling out. And that the just kind of stuck. Hey Dude. Um, well, yeah, the, I remembered that for some reason. Like, I've seen that before. Like, I'd, was she Brad on Hey Dude? I forgot her name. Melody. She, she no, was Melody. Brad was the brunette. Yeah. She, Melody. Um, so I, I, I remember it. I don't, I don't think I've ever, I'd ever seen it all the way through until yesterday. Oh uh, first my time. God. And it was fine. It was fine. This is shocking. Uh, Kim, what were your memories of this movie? Um, when 
I should say, we were going to have you on for uh, Drive Me Crazy. We probably still will. But you texted me during the week and uh, you wanted to know if you can come on for this. Why was that? I loved this movie. So we watched it. It came out when I was in eighth grade. So it was still like, it was rated R, right? And I certainly, my my mother certainly wasn't going to like rent it for me. Um, so I feel like I watched it like a year later at like a sleepover when I was in high school, with some friends. And I remember we were all like, like we, we definitely weren't like witchy, like a witchy gothy group of girls by any means, but we thought the chicks were just like cool. Like what they were doing was cool. They did magic. And um, we decided we wanted to start our own coven. So we like went out and, bought Wicca books and tried to do spells in my friend's basement for a couple months uh, after. So. <laughs> that is fantastic. Were there any particular we spells anywhere. you recall? Any rhyming couplets that, that stuck with you? I mean, it was like dumb things that, you know, 15 year old girls do. Like somebody was mean, so we wanted them to like fall over themselves in the hallway in front of a bunch of people or like make the dude that, well, I guess we try to love spells, you know. <laughs> Uh, make the dude that you had a crush on like you for the day. It never worked. Nobody tripped. Nobody was in love. It was it was really unfortunate. We were bad witches. I appreciate the hustle. Did you have a fourth or were there only three <laughs> of you guys? It could have been the problem. I think there was like six of us. Oh so maybe God. we had too many. Maybe that oh, was the yeah. problem. Yeah. 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 Right. I had a couple yeah, too many yeah. there. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's funny you brought up a sleepover. Um, when I was younger, uh, we used to do a lot of two-person sleepovers when I was a kid. We didn't have, like, on occasion, there'd be three or four guys. But, like, for the most part, it was, like, me and one other friend at a friend's house or whatever. And when I was probably, like, 12, I had a sleepover at this kid, uh, Chris James's house, if you guys recall Chris James. Um, he was in Marching Man. We grew apart very early on in high school, but he lived, like, a block away. So when we were little kids, we were very close. And... Um, we actually went to a haunted house before we had this sleepover. Uh, I was like a huge coward as a kid. And um, I remember at the haunted house, I like full on buried my face into the back of Chris's jacket for like 95% of the haunted house. Like I was sweating really bad. It was not my finest hour. And I was uh, basically this size. So like a full grown man hiding behind a kid who was like five foot six was not a, a great look for me. But um we went to video update on the way home. Um, and Chris was really giving me a hard time for being so scared at the haunted house that I couldn't like save face and not agree to rent this movie. Uh, and so we stayed up um, binging pixie sticks and then waited until midnight uh, to actually watch this movie. We went down to his unfinished, completely black basement, not like a light in sight to watch it. And it scared the dog shit out of me. Cause you know, I was a big old pansy. So I, I, I don't think I've seen it since then, maybe like once, but a lot of these scenes were burned into my memory because I was so scared as like an 11, 12 year old kid um, trying to act cool in front of my one friend in a dark basement. Um, so yeah, I, I've, gotten, I've gotten braver since then, but little kid me was, whew, I was like a full Chucky Fenster from Rugrats. I was not, not brave about anything. Um, now, Dana, as an adult, did this make the grade for you or should they have held it back? Um, I think it definitely makes the grade. Um, I think I personally need to like worry about my like own memory because like your vivid recall of the first time you saw this movie astounds me. And I'm like, I know I've seen it. Like that's, that's all I could tell you. I couldn't tell you where, 
or how many times I've seen this movie, but I have watched it. But anyway. Then, uh, the, 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 the terror chemicals that go through your brain burn shit in there. Like, I, I, was, I was scared. <laughs> like it I guess. Was, I don't remember everything like that. This was one where it's like I was traumatized by this moment. Okay. All right. I guess I'll won't second guess my own uh, mental faculties. Um, but no, I think it was great. I think uh, there, you know, it's uh, really not an R-rated movie. Like, there's very not a lot of like bad stuff in it. So no, I, I definitely I enjoyed it. I, it was pleasurable to revisit the craft. It makes the grade. There's no curve here. It's like I'm going to give it like a B plus. Okay. Wow. I, you know, that's, that's, that's high praise out of you. I had, know, it's not uh, a pass-fail. It's right, like it actually say, got a grade. We've had some where it's like if you show up, it counts. But this one <laughs> got a full-on grade. It's getting, you know, three or four credit hours here. Yeah. Uh, Kim, how about you? Um, having rewatched this from your old coven days, did this make the grade or should they have held this back? <laughs> yeah, I think it still makes the grade. I mean, I watch it like every year around Halloween time. Um, I genuinely love the movie. Uh, but I mean, I, I definitely think it makes the grade. I don't think it has the same effect on me as an adult as it did as a kid. And I think a lot of that is just like, it was the 90s and they didn't have the same quality of special effects that they do now. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens at the end of the month uh, <laughs> and see how that looks. Um, but uh -huh. no, I, I, I'd still give it like a, a solid A. It's a okay. fun, like creepy, spooky movie. Yeah, it, it's very much um, kind of of a time, but uh, I think it's pretty, they do a pretty good job with it. Uh, Big Sis, what did you think? So not having seen it before i wasn't sure if it was gonna be like they thought they had superpowers but they didn't or mm. they like had super or superpowers that supernatural powers um i guess or they were actual witches like i don't know it i wish they had gone more witchy but with like less unbelievable things if that makes sense like yeah. I I would have liked it if it was like you kind of couldn't tell if they were like truly witches or not for like a good portion of the movie and then like really weird things started like happening um and then it kind of like un unlocked you know the fact that they were witches but like not in a way where you're like walking across water like that it just like went a little too far for me yeah. There's no ambiguity. They, they, they killed full on magic powers immediately. Yeah. Way, they killed way too many ocean mammals. I felt yeah. really. Oh my God. So oh my many ocean mammals. Some sharks but, yeah. were even beached. I thought yeah. it was mm -hmm. sharks. I thought it was just evil. Were they, were they all sharks? Evil fish. It's like, like not sharks are evil. Sharks yeah, have their part to play in the I, ocean. No, I, I'm aware, but these the diversity is from all. They were a gift from the. I don't we will get to the okay. uh, genocide of sharks <laughs> later yeah. on. Uh, but I wanted it to be more of like um, spooky, like dark kind of magic, and you're not really sure if it is. Um, so I don't know. I might I'll give oh it like God. a C minus. Oh, it, it makes A grade. It it's, makes A grade. It's going to community college, and that's that's going to be all right. Uh, Dave, how about you? Did this make the grade or should they have held this back? It was, it was fine. It wasn't really for me. I'd say more like a C plus range. Um, 
I thought the performances of the main four actresses was, they were excellent. Um, a lot of the special effects were super lame. Um, <laughs> I understand you have, you have to take things in context, but man, when they come flying in that window, that looks so stupid. Um, yeah, it was so it was so fun. It it was. It's, it's, it's 1995 it's when they were filming this. Come on. It's, I understand. I understand. I have my own opinions. I wasn't. I never got scared watching this movie. I'll tell you what. Go back and rewatch Twister because that was the same time frame, and that shit looks like garbage too. So it does. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I'd say a, a C plus. More about the performances for me. Everything else was kind of just bleh. It was fine. It was fine. So um, for me, like I said, I don't think I've seen this since I was in Chris's basement. And I, this felt like a first time viewing for me. Um, I didn't remember, I remembered like specific moments, but not really the whole movie itself. And for me, it for sure made the grade. Like it got off to kind of a slow start, which I didn't remember that happening. It kind of felt like it was dragging a little bit in the first like half hour or so. But that last hour is full on cuckoo bananas. And uh, in a way that I really enjoyed, especially for like a Halloween type movie. And I thought um, Feruza Balk and also like Nev Campbell, super fun to watch. I don't think we see Nev Campbell as kind of the like unassuming kind of quiet, nerdy kid that often. She's always kind of like, you think about her in Scream. I mean, she's like the dynamo that runs the whole movie. She was really like steering into this character being like, really kind of withdrawn and introverted. I thought she did a really good job. So yeah, I, I had a lot of fun uh, watching it. Um, I don't know if it'll be a yearly thing for me, like um, Nightmare Before Christmas and Hocus Pocus are for Christmas or for Halloween time. But I mean, fuck, maybe. Like I had a lot of fun watching it. So if it was on Showtime for free, it for sure would be every year. But um, before we get into the recap here, does anybody have any fun facts about this movie? I've got one, but I'm going to save mine for the end because it got a, a real swerve this week. I have a couple. Um, Robin Tunney, one of the main characters, she had to wear a wig throughout this movie because she just finished filming Empire Records where she had to shave all her hair off. I thought that was kind of a... Dana, did you clock that wig? I know you, you got an eye so, for wigs. So I did see the same <laughs> fact before I watched the movie. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to keep an eye out for this. And like sometimes you're like, oh, that's a wig. And other times you're like, no, that's her real hair. So I'm mm. wondering, was it really the whole time? Mm. Did they have to go back and do some shots? And that's where we got the wig because the head was already, I don't know. If some of if it was a wig the whole entire time, bravo mm. to the hairdresser. Yeah, it was good wigging. It was good, good stuff. wigging. I did not yeah. clock like a hard front anywhere, like a couple times, but like, I was like, oh, that's not real hair. <laughs> but other times I was like that, I thought that was her real hair. So yeah, I know. was only thrown off when her hair went blonde and I'm like, well, that's just like bad video editing. It looks yellow. Couldn't yeah. they just put a blonde wig on her? Like she already wearing Definitely could have done it. Wouldn't have made sense. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Anyway. So. I like to check in with Roger Ebert every so often. He, he said he, he said two out of four stars. He said uh, he felt the film was mired in excessive special effects, yep. but praised the performances wow. of the four leads. They're doing magic Quote, Yeah, the plot, in short, is beneath our interest. What is intriguing is that the four actresses succeed in playing their characters as realistic modern teenagers, what he calls the underside of the coin from Clueless. Um, the movie's failure is one of imagination. It tilts too far in the direction of horror and special effects 
when it might have been more fun to make a satirical comedy about punk teenagers. I so he just agree. wanted a different movie. He just wanted a different film altogether. And also, there you go. the use of the royal we was nice. Mm. It's beneath our interest. Yeah. <laughs> we um, are not amused. I actually agree with uh, with our boy Roger here. Yeah. He doesn't it make definitely would have made it a different movie. 100%. Yeah. He just didn't like this movie the, the way it was set out so yeah. i wanted something else yeah i kind of liked that they had powers and like could get back at all the mean kids yeah Quote, in quotes in quotes mm-hmm. mean kids. um i will say there's a fact that also i read while i was reading about robin's wig um is that they really aimed for a pg-13 rating like that was their goal and it was ultimately deemed because it's a bunch of teenage girls and witches that it's got to be an r it's got to be an r we were not far removed from satanic panic at this point. So I think yeah. I, I can imagine we were heading right back into it with Marilyn Manson right around the corner. So I think, yeah, yeah they're like, no. meanwhile, I mean, we, we watched um, a movie from the eighties that our orders a little bit off that had full on like titties in every shot of the movie. And that was PG 13. So like, we, ju- it's very, it's very specific how they want to rate stuff. Folks, there'll be an argument about that whole rating thing in that episode. But. Yeah, it's a good one. We our order was <laughs> off, so stay tuned for like mid-November when that one comes up. <laughs> stay tuned. Hold on to your hats, folks. <laughs> Don't change the channel. Discussion about the MPAA. Ooh, we so go exciting. Deep. We go deep. Um, I think it's funny that uh, Raj said that they were believable teenagers. Considering my fun fact is that. Uh, Rachel True, who played Rochelle, was 30 years old at the time of filming. <laughs> so was, I looked it up. I knew that I had heard that like, er, like years and years ago um, that she was like considerably older. But when I went back to like check the fact, make sure it was true to this morning, um, I saw her birth year was 1966. So she was in fact 30 years old by the time the movie was released. And most of mm-hmm. the other girls were like, you know, nine plus years younger than her. You know, um, uh, she, looked, she looked like a believable teen to me. She literally could have had a teenage daughter. Could have. Gilmore girl situation. Uh, Rachel True is the Derek Luke of the craft. That's what it is. Hashtag believable teen. She was the 30 year old teen in Friday Night Lights. We had a whole discussion. Oh, I yeah. thought you were talking about Gilmore girls. So yeah, you're right. No, I made a, I you sorry, said Ruby Miles. I couldn't remember his name in the film. Could it's not for the life of me. We're on the same page there. Um, my fun fact here. So I, I wrote this um, like a few days ago and then all of a sudden everything changed. So my original fun fact was that they had uh, announced a remake in 2016, um, which then was revised to be a sequel set 20 years after the original. And the project just kind of sat in neutral for like four years. But then in March of this year, Blumhouse, which, I mean, Paranormal Activity, The Purge, Get Out, like they're making the best horror stuff on the planet right now, announced they were moving forward with it. And then the studio head, Jason Blum, said it was one of the best pitches for a movie he's ever heard. Um, He was like, yeah, in 20 minutes of a pitch meeting, they gave the entire movie and I was like hooked. So I'm like, all right, it sounds pretty great. And then um, Nev Campbell said that she doesn't want to be in it. I think probably because she's already doing Scream 5 as it is right now. And she's like, I don't Mm. need both of those roles at the same time. 
Uh, but at the time, there were no word from the other female stars of this movie. Then all of a sudden, I think it was on like Tuesday this week, uh, the trailer for the sequel just popped up every fucking where. Like it was all over Facebook and it was on BuzzFeed and shit. And I'm like, all right, well, that's a shock. You guys, this trailer looks pretty good. Like I'm not a big fan of doing a lot of like reboots and shit. This looks pretty good to me. Um, I don't think any of the original actresses are in it, but there's like a random paranoid or paranoid, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Polaroid of Feruza Balk that shows up. Um, so I guess they're making references to the original one at least. And they talk about like what happens when you're bound. Um, but I don't think that any of them are in it. And as we talked about this earlier in the week, I don't know if it was Dana or Megan, one of you guys pointed out, it looks, the magic looks a little more like fairy shit than like dark witch shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with that. I mean, I, it's Blumhouse, so someone's going to get like their insides pulled on their outsides or whatever. Probably. So yeah. there's a chance like the magic might be fine or like they're saving it, but there are definitely like moments in the trailer where I was like, is that pixie dust? Like, what, the, what is this? Like, it just looks a little too like, you know, like the witches from Sleeping Beauty and they're like... There were some sparkles. Know, yeah, they're like changing the color of the dress. Yeah. Bathroom full of sparkles. Yeah. Like, what the, this is not what I signed up for. I need like yeah. a crazy-eyed person and I don't know. Anyway, it, we'll see. It seems a little bit different, but you know what? I'm probably going to give it a shot. I think, yeah. you know, I trust Blumhouse in the same way that I trust like an HBO dramatic miniseries. I'll give it a shot. Agreed. Uh, now, without further ado, I think it's time we get into this recap. And uh, I want to start off first and foremost. We said last week to put some respect on Heather Matarazzo's name. Put some respect on Feruza Balk's name. God damn, she was fantastic in this. Um, I want to kind of clear out because I love her in this, but what did you guys think of her entire performance here? Um, my like last bit of notes were like at the end of the movie after like the final scene, I was like, Feruza Balk really owns this movie and brings the yeah. perfect amount of crazy. Like it doesn't work unless you have a Nancy that is just like so over that she's got the big eye. I don't know. She's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Loved her. Justice for Feruza Balk. She should have had, she should still be like leading role in shit. She was so much fun in this, so much fun in The Water Boy. God, she was good. I think she has like the look for this movie and for especially for this character like when you look like that I mean I don't know like this is the role they like they had to have made this role for her right um and she went on to do some like in some of the other movies like she was in American History X she was like a creepy gas chick in that one um so I feel like this this type of role she was like typecasted uh after that but it i mean it works for her and i also loved her as sapphire and almost famous i felt like that role was one of her better ones too yeah Mm. i think um you know we judge everything off of kind of the regina george scale here uh for villains she's not she's not as scheming as regina by any means but i mean i think she's like my favorite movie villain that we've covered so far um I kind of felt like the whole time the director is off screen just like shouting bigger every time she does anything in a scene because she is by the end of it like a full-on raving lunatic and just I mean her performance of insanity at the very end when she's like strapped to the bed is amazing the scene where she yells Skeet Ulrich out of the window <laughs> where she's just like screaming and shaking her head back and forth rapidly for a solid 10 seconds like 
yeah, I I loved watching her uh, perform this role. There was a question that I had that kind of made me judge the others in the coven. How long do you think it would have taken you guys to realize that she was like batshit crazy? Literally the second thing I wrote down on my notes paper was a noose in her locker? Question mark? Black (laughs) rope. Not even a regular ass rope. She got like specialty rope. So for me, like two minutes in, I I realized it. (laughs) The first time you saw her. It was a choice. I think yes. when she chooses where everybody's like going around and like, we're going to, this is our first time as a group calling before whatever. And everybody sings a real tame and she goes like, give me Manal. Or how, I don't know yeah. if it's Manal or like. It's, I think it's, it's, it's Manal with like, it's French, I believe, with a silent M. Oh, okay. I was like, it's, that's a Manal. It's like a backpack brand. So I probably shouldn't. But like, whatever <laughs> that big spirit is, I was like, this bitch went for the top. Like, she's yeah. not, she's not like, oh, let's test the waters. Right then and there, I'd be like, Nancy, you're out. I don't trust you. Get out right. of the circle. Yeah. And it, it was. I wrote that exact sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, everyone else is like, oh, I guess I'll drink a beer. I'll smoke some weed. She's like, I want PCP. And if you can coat that in some meth, that'd be great. Like, she went so hard over the top right away with what she wanted to do. Um, and really, for me, having not seen this since I was, like, 12 or 13, I thought that Sarah was going to be the one that was going to go, like, Super Saiyan, and then the rest of the coven would have to, like, band together against her because she has the natural inborn powers. Um, so I was like, oh, that's right. It's Feruza Balk who's walking on water by all the dead sharks talking about, like, how this is, you know, gifts to her. And I'm thinking of myself, like, all right, Last night, we got together, did some weird shit, apparently all passed out or blacked out. We wake up in the morning. She is dead-eyed, walking across the ocean, talking about all these dead sharks are her gifts. And I'd be like, I got to hit the old dusty trail. Um, <laughs> and then she's, she's running red lights and, like, almost gets them killed. And Bonnie is, like, high-fiving over, like, no, you almost died two seconds ago. Uh, she legit murders Chris and then the rest of the girls in the cover like ah, she's still cool though the only reason that like Rochelle had a slight change of heart was because Nancy like slashed Sarah's wrists and before that everything she did they're like yeah that's cool with me you murder people and you you can walk on water and uh, I guess just genocide some sharks it's all fine but oof slashing her wrists that's a bridge too far Nancy she's the Regina George I, well, yes, she is the queen bee of this group to a T. Yep, she's like, um, you're going to kill yourself tonight. I've decided. I'm like, okay, that's a bit much. But uh, Yeah, here's, here's a note in your handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> your feet. <laughs> yeah, that, um, my goodness gracious. I could not have thought of a better actor to play this role. Like, we, we did that with... Um, Say the Last Dance, trying to think of any possible actress who could have played Julia Stiles' role because we did not like her in that. I don't want to see anybody else try to do what Feruza Balk did in this movie. I can't even think of someone that's like, oh, maybe that. Uh, if Brody Dolly could act, I'd be fine with her doing this and nobody else. Right. Yeah. She was wearing, she looked great in the pale paint. She oh, was, yeah. She looked pale really paint. good. No, no, she's, I know that she's naturally pale, but it <laughs> still. It could have been a little bit of pale paint to really accentuate the paleness of the pale. It was L.A. I don't know. It was L.A., but apparently it's constantly raining in Los Angeles in this movie. Just yes. thunderstorms as far as the eye can see. 
Um, I also got to think, like, I don't know if anybody's ever tried to watch Return to Oz. Faruza Balk plays Dorothy in that. She was destined to be a crazy witch person <laughs> in a movie. If you ever try, like, as, a, as an adult, you will have nightmares if you try to watch Return to Oz. It is a horrifying film. Horrifying. Oh, I'm doing tonight. It's so bad. My God. I'll kind of set her up for this. It's like a perfect, this is where you go after that nightmare film. Good Lord. I've, I've heard of it, but I've never actually sat down to watch that one. It's terrible. I mean, I've, I'm familiar with The Wiz, which is Black Wizard of Oz. Which is also kind of scary. Nothing wrong. Subway. <laughs> Subway is rough. It's <laughs> not not scary. Um, now, I did want to take a quick second um, before we kind of delve into the whole, you know, some of the, the finer points of the movie. Um, we should go over these quick individual spells that they all do. So we have Robin's love spell. I, I don't really know why she's so into Chris. Like, he's not smart. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's nice. Uh, he's a handsome fellow, but, like, he, he's a piece why. of shit. Yeah. Like, when you're young, it's like what you can see, you're like, that looks good to me. Yeah. I like that. I'll have one yeah. of those. <laughs> I, don't, I guess we have like, seen that happen before in these movies. Yeah, but he like made up, like you literally went out, you hung out on a rooftop once. Once. And then he tells everybody you boned and then you're like, oh, I got to do a love spell. I was like, bitch, no. Like, well, make only, him pay. Make him pay. did he say that they boned. He said that they boned and she was like lame in the sack. Like the worst lady he's ever had. And I'm like, exactly. My I'd be going for revenge if I had witch powers. I'd be like, make I don't his want a love spell. Out. Exactly. Make his dick <laughs> fall off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, oh, oh boy. dick fall off. Oh, boy. Like, that's the appropriate spell for that. Not, I want him to like me. Like, you know, give him four dicks. I don't know. Make something wrong with his dick. I think that's the, the point here. Um, Bonnie got rid of her scars. I, I forgot that was part of this movie. And I have that image of, like, the needle bouncing in and out of her scars over and over again. I did not know where that was from, but it was in my mind since this movie. Uh, can we talk about Bonnie? She's, she didn't do anything wrong. Like, she's sweet and nice and like oh did she get a little bit narcissistic like i i guess but she looks like nev campbell so like yeah okay <laughs> like i'm not gonna judge her for that I, I, I all the other ones i'm like okay you did something wrong you did a bad thing with her i'm just like yeah like you're you're smoking hot and now you have good skin congratulations on on being a great witch i guess um did we, we got, ever find out where she gets the scars? That was like something in my notes. I was like, no. I thought we were told where these came from. No, because they mention, I think Chris says that she's covered in burns. Then when she was getting the treatment, they said it was like some kind of like a genetic, genetic cure they were giving her. So I'm like, okay, so you were born with these or it it's not over her whole body. It's just on her back and shoulders. So like, I think it was a burn of some sort. I think they were trying to do... Like I think they were, whatever the treatment, I forget the language that they used, but I think it was like, kind of like stem cell or like something where it was, it was like, like a gene therapy or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 I wanted to know she, more about what, what happened there. She had the same scars that like, was that Marvin Gaye whose dad threw a hot pot of grits on his back? Like he, that kind of scars <laughs> is what yeah. it looked like to me. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, they gave her the treatment and then they just got to wipe it off. Yep. And then, and then her scars just wipe off and underneath perfect skin everything's good have campbell skin right underneath yep. all those scars yep <laughs> uh so then of course 
you know, two first names, Laura Lizzie, all of her hair falls out. And uh, I mean, it looked like it hurt, though. <laughs> it didn't look, it looked like she had a bad case of plaque psoriasis in yeah. her scalp. Thank and you. that causes your hair to fall out. Boy, howdy. I didn't feel bad for her. She's a racist. So, like, yeah, eat a dick. Like, I, I'd never heard that particular slur before. And it Negro really, Negro. really huh. bothered me. It's very scientific. Yeah. That was tough on the ears to I hear it. <laughs> I feel like this is like, like, that is what should happen to all Karens from here on out. Yes. Like, was, was, was Laura like the original Karen? Was she like the, the Karen Genesis? So and like, can Karen. we spread this? like two future Karens, like can all Karens just start losing their hair in a painful way? I would not feel bad if uh, Mike Pence at the VP debate is all shaken up because mother's hair is all falling out. <laughs> like I'd be okay with that if we see that happen on Tuesday. Um, Don't bring mother into this. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have a note though. Like when I was watching it, we're like, there's that one point where like, she's just sitting on the shower floor and it's like, only the top, like she has some male pattern baldness, but it's still really <laughs> like long. <laughs> I'm just like, at what point do you a just like, all right, I'm cutting it off. We're not going to try to salvage this and just start wearing a wig. So I wrote that down. I'm like, she should be wearing wigs by now. And then like the next scene, I think she's at a party wearing a horrible wig. But like, I think like the second, I think maybe I get like, oh, that's weird. Maybe the chlorine's doing something. But when I get to the point where most of my scalp is bare, except like the nape of my neck, I'm cutting my hair off and I'm slapped. Like, it doesn't get that far. It doesn't get that far. No one knows that my hair is falling out that badly. At a minimum, I mean, stop going to swim practice. Like maybe that's styling the it. Yeah, like we're, we're paying $70,000 to have someone do a Trump on it. Like I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was waiting until she was going to try to flop it over. It's like, I can still it's salvage, I can salvage I mean, it. Oh. Dana, you're the expert here. Could they have turned it into a chignon? Could they have uh, swept that up somehow? I don't know. I mean, okay. That's why it was so long, because she was trying to like wrap it around her whole head. But I was like, this has gone on too long. No one would know her hair is falling out this badly anymore. What got me was like, she's in, she's in the shower, like rocking back and forth and crying. And then her friend runs up like, what's wrong? Like, bitch, all of her hair is on the floor. <laughs> What do you mean? What's wrong? You could Stevie Wonder could tell what's wrong. Like her hair is deceased, and she's like, "What's wrong? What's going on?" Like, you're not a good friend. Um, and then, of course, we have just Nancy in general gave herself Voldemort powers. Like, she can do basically whatever. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, we talked about um, you know back in the Hackers episode that hacking gives you magic powers to just do whatever you want to do. Do we think there's any limit to like the stuff that these girls can do in this movie? We see them, they make, so Nancy makes like a shitload of stuff explode in her kitchen by accident. She kills a man with a heart attack. Uh, they fly, they change traffic lights in real time. Um, we talked about Laura Lizzie's hair falling out. Um, they can cure wounds, which is some Dungeons and Dragons shit that I appreciate. They can change eye and hair color full-on uh, Arya Stark change faces. They can make people hallucinate. Uh, somehow Sarah vanished and then came back in her clothes, which was some weird shit. They can Freddy Krueger invade your dreams. Like, all of this seems to happen in about, like, a month span. So do we think there's any limit to their immediate magic powers? 
that was like my holistic problem. Like I wanted a slower <laughs> ramp up. You wanted a I, Harry Potter storyline. Yeah, I wanted a slower ramp up and I wanted like, yeah, not some of those things that you just mentioned to really even be a thing because they were just like too wild. I mean, they go from changing Sarah's eye color and hair color to like changing uh, Nancy's face that same day, I think. <laughs> so like, Yeah, like the eye color was happen. like cool. Like I was like, ooh, I could get into this. I could see where, and then I could see where you could do the changing face, but like not as crazy as it was. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a leader. So I think they've been, the original three have been studying a lot of like witch Wiccan stuff and they just could never like make it happen. And I, I don't know if we were going to talk about it. I was trying to quickly read over the notes. They needed someone with true power, power, AKA Sarah. And now that she's brought it in, the sky is the fucking limit. And she's timid, but they're like, this is what we've been waiting for. I'm going to start murdering some bitches and raking in some like, you know, life insurance money. Like Nancy was like, this is what I'm in this for. You know, I'm going to turn to Kim on this because you're the expert in this movie. Do we think that they ever did any magic successfully before Sarah showed up? Were they just like, like fucking around and like you and your coven getting everything wrong before that happened? Yeah, no, I'm with Dana on this. I feel like that's why Nev Campbell's character was like going so hard for Sarah to join them. Because remember, originally she was like trying to get Nancy to like let her in and Nancy kind of wasn't having it. I think they were all together and they realized like Sarah naturally has these powers and they found their fourth corner. And then when they were able to put it all together was when things started happening. And if you think about it too, the only like big powers rested within Sarah and then Nancy after she called Manoa once they had the four of them together. So like even the scars thing, like Nancy was helping Bonnie with the scars and with the hair, like Sarah was the one that grabbed the hair and then like tied it into Rochelle's hair. And then that's when Laura's hair started falling out. So I feel like the, the true deep powers rest in those two. And then they kind of help the other two do like some of the more minor stuff. A really good point. Cause yeah, I, I, I don't know if any of you guys uh, watched Pen 15. I think Vindy Wikani um, is basically like a prequel to this movie. It's just the two of them thinking that they have magic powers, not having any magic powers, and just like getting super into trying to speak gibberish spells. And they try to do a love spell that, like an anti-love spell, I guess, so that Anne is not in love anymore and that doesn't work out. Like it's, I imagine that's what all three of these girls were doing, just being the weird girls that nobody liked. And they're over here, like, thinking that they have magic powers, and everyone's like, you're not doing anything. You're just doing nothing. Um, I guess lucky for them that Sarah showed up, and all of a sudden they can do some shit, because before that they were doing legit nothing. Uh, now, do we have an understanding of how the magic works in this movie? Is it just like, say these words a bunch of times and like really believe in them and shit happens because i it seemed pretty fucking easy to just go to the witchery store and buy a book for 30 bucks and all of a sudden you're a full-on wizard harry mm. i think yeah it was partially that i think you had to have something within already a little something maybe not necessarily <laughs> i felt like it was something that had to be developed and they'd been and they'd been developing it and then they needed their fourth and then the fourth came and that's when everything kind of blew up and it became like a no holds barred 
death match of magic after that. God, we're going to talk about that death match because that was, I mean, mm-hmm. I forgot that was even part of this movie. That was some wild shit. There was one thing that happened that I'm, I'm hoping somebody can explain to me because the movie didn't really try. What was up with uh, Rochelle's reflection in the mirror that one time? Like she's in the, um, in the locker room when Laura's hair is all falling out. And then she looks at the mirror, but the mirror doesn't look back at her. It like also looks away. Anybody know? Did anybody catch that or have a theory on what was up with the uh, weird mirror thing there? Yeah, I can spitball. Um, Give it a shot. I'm thinking it's her her conscience being like, I ain't a part of this. Like, no, nah, <laughs> girl, like, that's on you. You Leave feel bad. Like, oh. I will not look you in the eye. I will not meet this gaze. That girl was mean to us, and this is what happens. Like, we're moving on. I don't know. I have no idea. It was kind of My weird. name is Paul, and this is between y'all. I don't – my name is Bennett, and don't put me in it. Yeah, that I it, it just seems so random and like didn't ever come back. I mean, there's mirror stuff that happens later on, but not with her. And that just seemed it seems so deliberate. <laughs> like yeah. it was like we're supposed to notice it, but it did not come back around for me. Yeah, I think there's like a lot of weird. I feel like there was like another moment or just yeah, weird stuff where you're. I think they were like grasping at straws. Like this is what'll be spooky and this will have an impact and yeah I have no idea how the magic works I don't know if they are uh animal blood I guess they did do the the fish the snake but like once they get the power um yeah they're not speaking latin or they don't have their like grimoire which is the one I learned from uh vampire diaries because there's a witch in it of course you did (laughs) I have a base grimoire in my house um it's it's like a super thick book full of like base scales that I've, I've worked through like seven pages of them. I'm like, I'm not, fuck this. I, I play baseball enough as it is. Yeah, but uh, they're like, there aren't any special things. It is really just like, let me think really hard about it. And it happens. Say it over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, you know, Laura's bald headed and, uh, you know, poor Chris is so in love. He's about to commit sexual assault. Was he, he was getting ready to rape Sarah, right? Like that was yeah. what was going to happen there. I was going to save it. <laughs> Pretty for, much. Uh, I was going to save it for what's your problem, but I wrote, Pete becomes a rapist? Sure does. Yeah. yeah. He's just so in love, and that's the obvious next step, right? I guess. Uh, goodness. In his mind? I don't know. L'Oreal? L- L- Whatever her name is, which lady? <laughs> L'Oreal. <laughs> L'Oreal. Yeah. Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> which she tells them very late in the game that these girls have been coming to the store, stealing all their, all their shit. She waits till they have power. Sarah asks a question. She's like, oh, well, you know, whatever you put out, you get back threefold. And, oh, you've unleashed the water. It must run its course. And I'm like, I mean, whoa, is that the fine print? Like, what? So I think it was just like showing, laying it on very thick that, like, be careful what you wish for. Well, Emerson, on that topic of the witchery store and what happens with that lady, I think back to the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror where they get the monkey paw. Mm-hmm. That dude that sold him the monkey paw was very clear. The monkey paw is going to give you bad shit. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the, you're going to get a free yogurt, but the yogurt- Which I call frogurt. Which I call frogurt. But the toppings contain uh, sodium benzoate. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Like it, they, she didn't tell them any of this shit until like, oh, you've already invoked the spirit. Like it's too late now. 
here comes your avenged sevenfold shit. Like you're going to get it back times three. Would have been cool to say in the beginning, hey, y'all, everything I sell in this store, super cursed. You're like 15. <laughs> like maybe be careful because this shit's not going to really go in your favor. No warning at all. Sue her for this. This is malpractice. She did try to warn Nancy not to buy the Invoking the Spirit book. To That's I true. mean, to be fair. That's true. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a book fair. with a, a moving picture inside of it. Like, leave that shit there. On that topic, though, that book was cheaper than the craft book. Right. The craft book was like 60 bucks. The one about Invoking the Spirit was $30. <laughs> like, your pricing structure is way fucked up. Make that like the Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Charge $1,000 for that or something like that. Like, you can't have copies of this with little kids running around calling men on and walking on water. And I didn't, she, her, her business ethics are not the best. Well, mm-hmm. here's, here's my thought about that. I think she knew that the other three who've been like coming in the store were just like basically a bunch of teenagers who didn't like, weren't going to amount to anything. Like she, I think, I feel like it's like, <laughs> she has like, a, I feel like she has like a witch star, right? Like she like knows if you're, if you have actual powers or not. And she's so, too. yeah. And so she's like, I don't care if they come and steal or buy anything. Cause like nothing's going to happen. But then when Sarah comes in, she like suddenly like goes over and like has a conversation. However, I would have loved her to be a little bit more mysterious. Like I felt like she was like my kindergarten teacher and (laughs) not like a a witch goddess in a store. I mean, Um, we can can expand this universe. I think Miss Lippy from uh, Billy Madison is like her in her coven. She likes soda. Miss Lippy likes soda. Miss Libby's car is green. She had an accent, so <laughs> mysterious. Megan, obviously, she was not from America. That's Generic that's Eastern European accent. Yeah. Yeah. I, thought, yeah, I thought it was a Romani. Be, She's yeah. a Gypsy. It'd be an interesting question for like a law school class. Is there a duty to warn on behalf of the witchcraft store owner to all customers? <laughs> The, the the potential possibilities of your actions. You know, I think if your if your witchcraft store is like in the middle of the woods in a house on like chicken legs, where like you're obviously a Streganona type, that's like with a hunchback and you know a cane. Okay, in that case, I will assume your magic is all pretty evil. This place was in like a strip mall next to a Seven Eleven and shit with yeah. like you know, wind chimes as you come in. No one should think that's real magic. I I know we've already trashed Mike Pence here a little bit. Tucker Carlson just got off by saying only a moron would think that my news is real news. Like, only a moron would think that this witch store sells real witch shit. It's in the middle of, like, very busy street. This is not, like, I would not think this is real witch shit. It seems fake witch shit. Um, there's a, there used to be, I don't know if it still is, in downtown Naperville in a strip mall. Um, there used to be a really cool, like, spiritual witch store. What? Um, yeah, but, like, it was, like, very light. Like, I, I, I almost <laughs> wish it w- this, like, whole thing was, like, set in that store because it was, like, it had all, like, the, the purples and, like, the, like, glitter and, like, you know, like, just, like, the mystical kind of feel. And I feel like mm. the store that they were in, like, just didn't quite do it for me. I'm like, this just looks like a bookshop. 
like so i'm imagining the store in naperville like across the street from bd's mongolian barbecue and it's like yeah it's like around the corner from like <laughs> lou malnati or something like by the library yeah, there's like a yeah. There was uh-huh. a chocolate keys over there. Like it's there's a there's a. I think it's an iPhone store. repair store now. <laughs> I think it's an iPhone. No, but okay, um, great. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's more of like a practical magic sort of store. It's a little oh, light magic compared magic. to compared to the dark craft style magic that we got going on here. Yeah, a lot a lot of sage to smudge your house. Mm. That has been an interesting take. Like maybe we have a new movie idea. We have like Megan's idea where like. <laughs> they think they have magic, but none of it's actually happening. And this other one, like you have this store clerk owner, um, like a witch store where you think it's not real, like witch stuff. And she gets yep. you to buy stuff and you start doing spells and somehow like she gets to take your power and get your soul. Like, Ooh. I think that could be great. That's good. Right? We got a nice yeah, idea right. here, right? Uh, I think it's get, a good yeah. one. Give me Jason Peel on would... right now. Jason Peele? What? I would just I, like to drinking. state for the record that witchery <laughs> stores are actually called occult bookstores. O-C-C-U-L-T, occult. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's what they're called. There's one in Chicago. Uh, I've been to one in Wisconsin. I've been to a bunch in New Orleans. Uh, I, I actually mm-hmm. grabbed my 20-year-old Wicca book <laughs> that I bought when I was practicing fake witchery uh, back in the day. So yeah, so that that's the formal name for the witchery store, Crooks. A, yeah, a cult bookstore. Book you know, if if this yeah. was in New Orleans, I would have been oh like, my God, oh, yes. probably real magic. Probably real magic. It's probably voodoo. Uh, I mean, that's where American Horror Story Coven is set, and none of that magic seems at all suspect. Like, of course, it's real magic. You're in fucking New Orleans. Oh yeah, that, 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 that should be in our next. Actually, that is a hundred percent where our movie is going to be filmed. Ooh. It's, it's, yeah, I've got, I've got some family there. We can get some beignets. Uh, maybe we'll get like a like a shrimp po' boy with some remoulade. I mean, no. that would that would make total sense because obviously the peop- there's definitely some voodoo magic going on down there. I prefer yeah. to fight fight with my food, so crawfish, lots of crawfish, and crawfish étouffée. Shrimp's yeah. too easy. Now, um, I think we've we've kind of covered a lot of the bases here. I want to dig in a little bit here on this final witch battle. Um, do we think all of the bugs and snakes and shit was all that just like a fancy glamour too? Because it seems like Nancy's power is mostly like hallucination shit. Was, was were those real bugs and snakes, or was she just making her hallucinate all of that stuff? But she said like none of it was real. She said a lot of things. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's gaslighting? Oh, you thought there were bugs. There were no bugs. I don't know. I, I mean, because they were every fucking weird. I'm like, if, if you have enough power to make her think that her whole house is a full-on infestation, I mean, I feel like you probably have the same power to just, like, make actual snakes appear and shit. I'm wondering you, if there's, like, a... I'm wondering if there's a deeper story, and I might be overanalyzing, but she kept saying that all of this was happening in her dream. So is that how she like actually became or like came back to life? Because essentially like when she sucked herself into the floor, like, and then maybe she came back and she like woke up, like it was like, I don't know, some sort of dream and reality intermixing. That could be the case. Anything's possible with this film, anything. I mean, I'm trying, I'm (laughs) grasping for straws, yeah. (laughs) I also, um, 
I feel like Nancy had a bunch of opportunities to just go ahead and kill Sarah, but like didn't really feel like it. Like she pops into the shower while Sarah is like cowering and is just like, just kill yourself already. Like you could have just murdered her right then and there. She slashes her wrists with that gigantic knife that they just always have around, but like just expected her to bleed out upstairs by herself. Stab her with that. Like keep, I mean, she's a crazy person. Just keep on cutting her up. And even at the end, when they have that scene, which is clearly them, like, the camera rotated 90 degrees, we're supposed to think they're flying on the wall. She, like, slams her into the wall while holding the knife and then just, like, wildly pummels her with her fists instead of stabbing her with it. Mm. Nancy, just, you're, you're super inefficient. Just kill her already. I, th- I think we have to make it look like Sarah did it to herself. Otherwise, then you're just committing murder. Like, the other person Nancy killed, well, the other two. So the one guy she, like, thought into his heart exploding. So that seemed natural. Uh, Chris just stumbled out of a window. Anything could happen there. If Sarah has a bunch of stab wounds, it's going to be very clear Nancy killed her. It well, there's also the, uh, the, the wandering vagrant with the snakes that get hit by the car. Yes, that <laughs> gentleman. Yeah. Him too. Um, which I, I understand all of that, but meanwhile, now you have to explain why the entire house is ransacked before Sarah committed suicide too. Like there's, there's like shit everywhere. I mean, there's a dresser thrown into the wall. Like, just, just very kill. Well, they'd use the magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'd use the magic to like clean it up. Okay. Oh, just like glamour her- it or whatever. <laughs> you can give heart attacks. Just, just give her a heart attack. Uh, I was also a little bit confused because Sarah was uh, able to invoke the spirit without doing any of like the ritual shit they had to do before. Um, She didn't bring an animal to sacrifice. She didn't have like three other witches to call the directions. Was that because that picture of her mom was like powerful enough to count as three witches? Oh, Uh interesting thought. I think it's just because she's an actual witch. So she doesn't need to do all those rituals. I guess so. She made herself go deaf that one time, and you know, I guess she is pretty magic. I mean, maybe, maybe her stuff. mom transferred the powers through. The- That's what that ring was all about. I think. Yeah. That magic ring. Um, yeah, I, I I wish we would have had like a better explanation of her background with magic because she tells like two quick stories about how she accidentally did magic the occult bookstore owner somehow knows that her mom was a witch just by like looking at her, I guess. Would have been nice to have witch her- Witch star, like, oh, I'm telling you. Right. She has the witch star. Um, it would have been nice to have her be like, yeah, so I've also studied some of this weird shit. Or even if it's not like that she's been studying, you know, witchcraft or Wicca, like, oh, I was into like, some TV show that was about magic. I, I was going to say Rainbow Bright, but I don't know if she really had magic, but like give her something that, you know, I've been exploring this and now I also have developed some of this stuff. It just, it seemed very kind of spur of the moment that she's making that pencil stand up straight in class. Uh, would have liked a little bit of back. That would freak me the fuck out if I was doing that. Like anybody else seeing this? <laughs> like, and now it's spinning around too. I would have, I would have liked somebody to have a, a reaction to that other than Bonnie giving her the, uh, the witch nor eye, if you will. Um, now, I get that uh, Sarah cast a spell to make Bonnie and Rochelle look in the mirror and freak out, and that's how we got rid of those two. Couldn't they just, like, look at each other and all see it looked fine? 
like they run past Nancy and Nancy isn't like, oh my God, like your hair and your skin. She's like, where are you guys going? Wouldn't they have looked at one another and been like, oh no, no, like she's bullshitting us with this mirror. Let's go ahead and murder her now. Um, Bonnie and Rochelle are not ride or die here. They are bandwagoners and they are hopping on whatever train is leaving town. Like that's all that was. And they were like, you know what? We didn't sign up for this. Let's let them figure this out. We'll be on whoever side wins. Like that, yeah. they are. Yeah. They Gretchen are and Karen. For ride. I was. Yeah. I literally just gonna say Gretchen and Karen. Yeah. Yep. yeah, they are Gretchen and Karen trying to find out who's gonna run the plastics next. I guess that does make sense. And they, they do get the fuck out. Like they don't even look back. They just take off running. Like, Nancy, you're here by your damn self with your god level powers. Like best of luck to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was like my last note. It was like these two. Fair weather. <laughs> fair weather blowing in the damn wind um my my last quick kind of question about that whole final witch battle what was up with sarah binding nancy like i understand how binding works like you can't do magic after i bind you or whatever did she just have to like say it a certain number of times because like the first couple times she says it nancy isn't really reacting she's like oh no like stop don't do it. It's the one time Feruza Balk is like underacting, I feel like, in this role. Um, do we think that like, it's kind of like saying Beetlejuice three times and if it's the first few times, like, oh, anybody could say Beetlejuice doesn't really matter and then the third time he shows up because it seemed like she was okay with it until like the last time came and then all of a sudden she's flying for her and like a whirlwind appears in the house and shit. I think after the battle, Nancy had, this is my interpretation anyway, that Nancy had actually like lost some of her powers. Like once she lost and like Sarah did that final like giant witch kick or whatever, uh, and she hit the mirror. Like, I feel like that's when she was like, her powers were kicked out of her or something. And I feel like because she was then, you know, less her powers, uh, that's what allowed Sarah to like actually bind her. Because before when she tried it, she still had like the powers of Mano and could like, she like knew way more stuff and could like tell that Sarah was trying to bind her. And now she didn't have that anymore. And so that's why it works this time. My, my personal theory. I buy that. I mean, it makes, that makes enough sense. I mean, if she's, if Sarah's up here able to invoke the spirit on her own, I could see that, you know, Nancy had to murder some innocent animals and have like backup to pull it off. So I could see that being like, Oh, you're, your Schwartz is larger than mine. That was my question, why she couldn't bind her the first time. And but that I I think it's a great theory. I buy it. Yeah. I'm on board. Well when the battle started too, like just between the two of them, like when, when shit got real, like that was what Sarah said to Nancy. She's like, Yo, I've been talking to Mano and like he's over <laughs> your shit, basically. It was like what she said to her. And so clearly like Sarah had had her own conversation with their boy Mano. Uh, and I guess he was over Nancy, which then allowed her to be to be bound. I don't know. Yeah, I do appreciate that now in the two movies that we've seen her in, she's had like a conversation with the deity because in uh, Empire Records, she's like, talk to God. Like, she's pissed at you. <laughs> she wants to put the gun down. <laughs> and then in this one, she's like, yeah, I was talking to Manon. He's like, he's mad at you. Like, you fucked up. So I, I like that as like a, a trick that she pulls off. Um. There were a couple little odds and ends I wanted to quick talk about before we get into um, our last couple of segments here. Uh, the candle budget for this movie must have been in the billions of dollars. 
there are candles everywhere. There are always candles burning. When mm-hmm. they go back behind the, the occult bookstore, there's just like, I mean, it's a fire hazard back there with so many fucking candles. And then in that like last witch battle, the animal handling budget. Okay, I get that's a glamour, right? Those were actual snakes and tarantulas and hundred percent, like thousands of them. Good it was real. God, Ugh. I mean, they were, they were every fucking where candles. I mean, I get it. Some people look at them spiritually; they serve a purpose. Um, a nice fragrant candles, cool. But yeah, there were a lot of candles. They were everywhere all the time, but it was for the spiritual purpose and it kind of gives it like that weird that that ambiance that spooky ambiance that needs to be around whenever witchcraft's taking place but uh yeah yeah it wouldn't thousands, it wouldn't work if it was thousands and thousands of candles thousands of dollars <laughs> all that at least feel bad for like whoever the poor sap was they had to go out and light all of those for each scene oh sure um i have a candle here it's, it's called a candle for fucking meetings smells like oh. this could have been an email this, and this is why I drink. It was fantastic. <laughs> I will say that is the most big sis thing. That is some, some full on business Barbie shit. If I ever see it in my life. Uh, my friend, I have I, one eye to end. Oh, let's talk about it. How, how have these chicks never played light as a feather, stiff as a board? Like when Sarah was like, you, have you guys ever done? And they were like, what? And it's like, how have you been doing all of this witch shit? And you, you're in your late teens. They're clearly like later in high school and have yeah. t- somehow made it through all of this time and never played light as a feather sip of the board. I don't understand. It confuses me. That would be the first thing that they would have done at like 12 years old was to do that. Like that, yeah, shocking to me. And like, not only shocking to me they hadn't done it, shocking to me that it worked so well, <laughs> like the first try. Like, there was no, I'm not sure how to do this. Like, within 30 seconds, you know, Rochelle is 20 feet off the ground, just, like, flying away. Yeah, you would have thought they would have pulled that, that shit, like, the first time that they got a book from that bookstore. But it wouldn't have worked. So yeah, they made the fourth. That's so. true. They weren't, they weren't romantic until Sarah showed up. Um, she took a hard fall back down the ground, too. I felt bad for her. And, and as, soon, as soon as uh, I think that was someone's mom walks in, she's just like, ah! Yeah, Bonnie's mom. Boom. They, they broke concentration. All of a sudden, she has bashed her head hard as fuck on the ground. That wasn't yeah. like, a, like a big, plush carpet floor. That was like a wooden floor. It's like they were in an attic. A creepy attic. Yeah. yeah. Creepy, spooky attic with like a lot of cute girl shit in there because of all of these girls, Bonnie was like the one that was the most likely to have some cute girl shit in her bedroom. Um. Now, we are debuting a brand new segment for this week for the Spooktacular in general. It is called... I'm so now, what we're going to do for this segment is kind of, since we're doing horror movies here, um, would any of this stuff have scared any of you guys back in high school the way that I was on the verge of pissing myself for a straight hour and 40 minutes? No. Oh, God. Sorry, like if, man. Like if it no. happened in real life? No, in the movie. Oh. Just in, watching the movie. I mean, I, Mike, if I it don't happened like, in real life, I'd be fucking terrified. It, yeah, I don't like rats yeah, and was... snakes and cockroaches, but didn't scare me. If, at... if, if you and Rachel and Claudia like busted into my bedroom window flying 
I'd be scared in real life, Megan. Not if they looked like that when they were doing it, though. It's just like a what? No, dude, even then. <laughs> no. Even no. If, you, if you soar in, spooked out. Yeah. Maybe if I watch this movie in the dark, alone, nobody else in, in the house, and there was a lot of creaking, like it was an old creaky house, and there were noises happening. Oh, and it was windy outside, so the shutters were banging. Maybe then I'd, I would be scared by some of this stuff. So what you're saying is if you lived in the world of the opening credits from Are You Afraid of the Dark, this would yes. be creepy. Yeah. It's a fair, spooky, spooky doll in your yes. house. I think some of the stuff would be scary. Yeah. A, a number of these things did scare me. I think because Fru's a is scary looking in general in this movie. But the shot of Nancy's feet dragging across the floor when she's about to murder Chris that stuck with me in a way that I'm not proud to admit. Like that was a creepy visual for me as a kid. And that did hang with me. Um, and I think I obviously here, I don't know that we need to ask this question, but it is part of the segment. Did any of these scare you as an adult? Anybody spooked by this movie as a grown up? No. And that, that's like, I kind of wanted to be scared. Like yeah, I, I think scared. the reason I didn't watch it when I was younger is because I like, I hate, scary movies and I was like I don't want to be scared but like watching it it's so obscure and like over the top that you're like not really scared like if it was more of like a sixth sense type of thing where you're like again it's like I'm kind of bordering on like is this real is it not and like there's like weird kind of twists and and turns um to like make you unsettled like I think that would have been more scary, but I, I didn't feel like, I, I felt like there was like way too much too fast and it was like so over the top that like you couldn't even get unsettled. Yeah, I get that. I, I like a scary movie. I like to be scared. I don't, I'm never scared by like a slasher movie, just like somebody that's walking around murdering people. That doesn't scare me. Give me like ghosts and some kind of a ghoul or a geist of some sort. That's fine for me. I would like to get scared by that shit. Um, this was a pretty specific set of circumstances that have to happen before these people can come and get you. Like, it's a lot of things that has to happen first. There's another movie um, that was also, it could have been scary, but it was way too specific. Has anybody seen the movie um, The Unborn? It's got Megan Good in it. Uh, it's bad. It's was she not, good? Uh, she was in it. <laughs> um, it, it. I remember, like, I watched it in the theater, and it's got a lot of really spooky visuals in it. And then I left, and I'm like, okay, hold on. In order for uh, this like ghost to get me, there are so many things that have to happen first. Like, that was a purpose-built ghost to haunt one person. So I was not scared by that one. I think this kind of falls in that same category. Like, you have to have a specific number of girls who one of them has to be born with magic powers and they have to go to this occult bookstore and get this book and then do these things and then like lose control. It's a lot of stuff. So I was not scared by anything as an adult, I'm proud to say. However, my wife is like deathly afraid of bugs and snakes and rodents and shit. If she watched that last scene, she'd be in like a full flop sweat. Like it would have, she'd be like in a panicked state watching and it goes on for a long time so she would have been like can't do it can't watch any of this uh now this movie i think um 
for sure deserve some credit for some of the looks they were pulling off here. So uh, I'd like to close out our recap segment here with some frosted tips and butterfly clips. Dana, uh, what look caught your eye the most this week? I guess I would go, because it was like so ridiculously like knowing that this person was a grown-ass adult when they were made to wear this, but Rachel's like overall outfit at the sleepover, where it's like the overalls I would wear when I was like eight or nine years old, Oshkosh bagosh, like jean ones that were like (laughs) real high up, and, and then I think it was like a lavender like polka dot thermal or I don't know what it was it was like extra cutesy and I was just like no one wears that at like a sleepover I don't know it was just really there are a lot of overalls in this movie but those ones were I definitely was like watching it like what the fuck did they put that woman in like it was it's it's not it's not unlike that scene from John Tucker Must Die where they have Brittany Snow dressed like a nine-year-old in her overalls like these are the overalls of a child this is not something that an adult would wear Uh, I will I will say I will say it was an overall time. Like it I remember was. I had corduroy overalls and velvet overalls. You had velvet this, overalls? Yes. Black <laughs> velvet overalls. Good God. And they Whenever were I not. think of the mid 90s, I'm like, overalls. Oh, yeah. this is a, a Tommy Hilfiger overall and um, tank top time, which was a yeah. Oh, yeah. I was before in high school. That was, I was fine with that. Yeah, except for mine, because they didn't have long pants yet. Like, it wasn't a thing. And so, like, mine were, like, floods. So, they were, like, velvet overalls that, like, came above my ankles. And otherwise, oh, it would have right. looked, like, sexy, but not so much. Yeah, you, yeah as, a, as, a, as a lankier young lady, I think a lot of things just were, were hard uh, at the time for you to fit into. Just, you know, I'm not going to say Sarah plain and tall, but, you know, pretty tall. So, that, that probably threw a lot of things off. Uh, above the rim, Kim, what look did you want to talk about from this movie? Yeah, so my main one was uh, I loved Nancy's look when they went on the field trip where she delivers like her infamous line from the movie, like, We are the weirdos, sister. Yeah. Um, it just felt like like the quintessential like 90s goth chick look. Like, it was like the short sleeve bowling shirt, dark black and gray with like Always. the long black long sleeve black mesh under it, pleather skirt, the big cross necklace, the cross earrings, flick back hair, combat boots, orange glasses. It was like every little like nuance to like a 90s goth chick look like she had going on for her. And I loved it. Yeah. Um. All at once. Just, just put them <laughs> all on at the same time. Instead of that whole yep. thing, like before you leave the house, look in the mirror and take one thing off. She's like, look in the mirror and put nine more things on. It's where all the exactly. Um, big sis, how about you? What look caught your eye this week? Um, I mean, I love the whole, like, just general goth look, um, because I, like, kind of forgot how, like, how much that was a thing, um, but everyone did it well at one point in this movie, uh, but that's not what I picked. I actually picked another, um, another outfit from The Sleepover, Overalls is a stretch of a word because (laughs) they were like spaghetti strap. It was what Sarah was wearing and they were like spaghetti strap overalls with like um, a baby tee underneath. Mm. 
um, and with like but like buttons all the way up. I'm just I'm not really exactly sure how you get in and out of one of those things, but um, yeah, it just kind of struck me as like something I would probably never ever in my life see anyone wear again. Yeah, the, I mean that was a thing for six weeks in like Adelia's catalog, I think. That oh was yeah, like, oh that's a, probably where it was from. Lasting yeah. look, I I feel like it was for sure Adelia's. Uh, Dave, what look did you want to talk about this week? I remember um, after Bonnie gets healed and she comes into school the next day. Yeah, it could, it could be a couple of days later. She still she had the baggy coat on at first. As soon as she walks into class, though, she takes it off and just kind of like, bam, kind of like a bite, like sachet Shantae walking up the aisle. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. Um, all sorts of new confidence. It's just it's the regular um, school uniform. Uh, it's the short sleeve white shirt. She's she don't have to wear the jacket anymore to cover up anything. So um, it's the plaid plaid skirt, pretty short. There's definitely issues. I don't know what the dress code is at the school. We should probably talk about that. Ma'am, um, I couldn't yeah. make heads or tails of this of this uniform situation. Like it's a, it's a private school. It's a Catholic school. They have uniforms that I guess you can choose to wear or not. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not they're not always in them. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they edit the hell out of them. Like it doesn't seem like there's any real consistency with like what you're supposed to wear to the school. Yeah. Those would be demerits. My uncle was the dean of discipline at a Catholic school. And like, if your skirt wasn't long enough or your shirt wasn't tucked in or you were going to like Mr. Harrington's office and like getting in trouble for it. So yeah, this was just, yeah. And there's a lot of questions about this like Catholic school that we didn't really get into, but yeah, that was yeah. the uniform in air quotes listeners since you can't see me yeah. um, was interesting. Yeah. I, um, I didn't understand kind of the uniform situation in general because it, it really did seem like I mean a lot of the guys in this movie who we've not talked about at all because they're just you know window dressing like they were just in regular clothes most of the time they weren't in any kind of uniform at all just like a, like a fresh jive t-shirt or whatever yeah. it, didn't, it didn't seem like they were really kind of dressing for anything but um, the look that I wanted to talk about was uh, Nancy's party outfit so before we get into this, I think we've touched on it a little bit, but it's important to acknowledge how old this movie is um, and how formative it was in like what we kind of came to know as goth style in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, the movie came out the same year as Antichrist Superstar by Marilyn Manson, which I kind of pinpoint as like a very seminal album for spooky goth kids back in the day. Um, and really like she's the only one of these girls who goes all in on the aesthetic in every scene that we see her in. Uh, in this party scene, she is in what I could best describe as like a black frock, I yeah. guess. Like it's like a, like a flouncy full length black dress with like big billowy sleeves and shit. And then she's got on a black spiked dog collar, uh, three different black rosaries, silver crucifix earrings, the heaviest blackest eye makeup available. Uh, her hair is just all over the damn place, even more so than usual in the movie because she's batshit insane and has invoked the spirit by this point. But what really made me pick this outfit um, is a shot that I talked about a second ago. It's the shoes that this girl has on. 
if you guys haven't seen this movie recently, I don't really know how to describe these other than like they're the kind of shoes you might think a pilgrim might wear. Like they're, they're like pointy black oh, boots. Um, there's okay. no buckles on them. I know no buckle. Or okay. buckles on shoes and hats. Uh, no buckle buckles. Free. But mm-hmm. like they, I'm gonna assume they go like halfway up her shin. But they're not like Doc Martens. These are like Salem style. I am a witch boot, like a pointy boot. Um, Fifty thousand eyelets for these laces on these on these boots. And I, I paused it and I'm just like. You would have spent an hour lacing these shits up and like unlo- like loosening to get your foot in and then tighten it back up. That's a lot of yeah. effort, but it's fashion I think that man. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. In in our uh, we did a lost episode on Jawbreaker, and there are goth kids in the background of like every scene of that movie because Marilyn Manson and uh, Rose McGowan are both in it. And we talked about the goth kids from Naperville that called themselves the River Rats and hung out down by the River Walk. Uh, yeah, Kim had a, a physical reaction to that, <laughs> but I think they all copped all of their look from Nancy in this movie. I haven't thought about that in like twenty five years. You shouldn't. <laughs> they're all like investment bankers now and shit. I'm sure, but yeah, there was a pack of like fifteen kids who listened to the Cure a lot and like hung out down by the Riverwalk in their pale paint. So mm-hmm. yeah, that. But I think I didn't. I don't think I realized going into this what a big part of that whole aesthetic Nancy was like she kind of defined what I think we kind of came to know as goth style for a lot of girls after this movie came out yeah um now one of the things that we like to do on this podcast is take a look at a minor character who didn't really have a huge role and see if this movie was just the start of big things for them or kind of the peak of their whole career so it is time for an IMDb deep dive this week, um, we are diving on Nathaniel Marston, who played Trey. And uh, I want to give you guys a heads up right now. This one gets sad and dark, but it's the spooktacular, so it, it kind of fits the theme. Um, the dude has 15 total credits. This was his third. Uh, he was previously in six episodes of a TV show called Matt Waters, which starred Montel Williams as the title role. So I'm what? curious what that was about. Uh, He was also in one episode of One Life to Live, and then he was in this. Um, After the craft, he was, there was a made-for-TV movie version of Matt Waters. I guess this was like a big thing. I I have no recollection of this show at all, but it was a TV show and a movie. Uh, He played the same role in the movie as in the show. And then basically after that, all of his career was TV stuff. Uh, He was in 195 episodes of One Life to Live as both Al Holden and Dr. Michael McBain. Um, I don't really understand what's going on here. So uh, get at us if you're a One Life to Live fan and can decode what happened here. He played Al Holden in one episode in 1992 when he was like 17. Then he wasn't on the show again until he was 24 uh, for one episode. Then he was gone again until he was 26. Um, he was a regular on the show from 01 to 07. Um, in O2, there's a random episode where he popped up as Dr. Michael McBain. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm really curious how that all happened. McBain. Then he stopped, McBain. Then he stopped playing Al Holden in O4 and just full on became Dr. Michael McBain permanently after that for the next three years. So I really don't know. I, I know they do that shit, I guess, with soap operas, but I'm, I'm curious if anybody can explain that to me. He was in Law and Order SVU, White Collar Castle, Blue Bloods. Uh, 
then he was in a movie called Walk a Mile in My Pradas, starring Tom Arnold. So also curious what that is, because I don't know. But mm-hmm. our fellow Iowa Hawkeye, Tom Arnold, was in that. So it must be pretty great. Um, he <laughs> retired from acting in 2011 due to uh, drug and alcohol addiction, moved to Nevada to do ranch work and uh, help his mom at the school that she worked at. And he got sober, so he did clean himself up. But then he died in a single car accident in 2015 after falling asleep at the wheel and being ejected from his truck through the windshield. So real sad, real dark. I would have chosen somebody else, but he's the only person in this movie who either wasn't a big role or famous. So like, couldn't do Brecken Meyer. We know about his career. Like there weren't that many side characters to do. Uh, that were teenagers. So sad to see that he died, but happy that he did, you know, get his life back on track before the end there. Um, To cheer things up a little bit, that does bring us to the end of our episode. And just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Sarah is most likely to get super excited when her daughter says that she wants to start watching the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Nancy is most likely to receive very inadequate mental health care at a series of underfunded facilities. It's California, yeah. That, that yeah, makes sense. Right? Yeah. Her shit is going to get... I mean, she's young, too. It's going to be mm. 60 years of that shit for her. Rough. Uh, Bonnie is most likely to fastidiously hide all of her pictures from high school the second she gets to college. And Rochelle is most likely to really miss her powers every time a white person asks to touch her hair or just does it without even saying hi first. She'd be like, fuck your hair. All that shit's falling out. Just like that lady from Hey Dude. Uh, Megan, the next movie is your pick. What is the next movie in our spooktacular? So I am going to dive into I Know What You Did Last Summer. Hooray. Starring uh, Dana's close personal friend, Sarah Michelle Geller, right? I, I know. It's a great opportunity <laughs> to bring your close personal I'm friend saying, on the pod. Get oh, yeah. her like on. In one week, having never spoken to this person, I'm going to be like, hey, my brother, tell Sarah she has to be on my pod. Exactly talking. like that. Not I think you got it figured out. Yeah. Get her on. No. I, I've never seen that movie um, somehow. I think because I was such a coward as a child. But slashers don't really scare me so much so I am looking forward to watching that for the first time uh, you guys that does it for this week's episode um, if you like what you heard tell a friend pop on over to iTunes Spotify Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to subscribe rate and leave us a five star review uh, also be sure to follow us on both Twitter and now Instagram Down Pod. that is R-E-C-A-P N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D um, if you haven't been over to our Instagram yet, uh, give it a look. We put up a bunch of pictures uh, from previous episodes with some snarky millennial captions on those. So peruse that if you have a chance. Uh, if you didn't like what you heard, the five of us will form a coven and do some serious rhyming couplets to make you get like a paper cut whenever you touch your cell phone or something irritating as shit like that. Take it easy, millennials. We will see you next week. <laughs>